welcome back to another episode of the Hate It or Love It podcast with your main host, me, Felicia, and... JB. I like that shit going on. <laughs> it's typical opening. I love it here. Um, so tonight's episode is going to be about toxic parenting, which of course is going to open doors into, you know, toxic people and relationships and stuff like that. But the primary goal of this is toxic parenting. So, you want to start? I was going to lie, you start. Oh, I'm going to start today. Okay. So, there's a lot of things that can be considered toxic parenting. Um, a little bit in background in the situation I'm dealing with right now is recently we found out that my daughter was sick. Um, it's not terminal or anything, thank God, but she is sick. And we set up a GoFundMe because I'm taking a leave of absence from work so I can stay home and, you know, focus on taking care of her, focus on making sure she gets to all her appointments. She has several appointments coming up. And this person that I call my mother um, is trying to get the GoFundMe taken down because she's saying that I... (laughs) And trying to get money for my birthday, which is on New Year's Eve. And she's saying I'm trying to get money for my birthday, and I'm just going to spend it on me, and this, that, and the other. But little does she know, we're not really spending anything on my birthday, because a lot of the stuff is handled and taken care of and has been for about a month now. So that has nothing to do with the situation. And then she's going around and telling family members not to give money until after my birthday, and... You know, she's just doing a lot of different things that could hinder my child getting to her doctor's appointments or any hospital stays or anything that may come up. And she has no remorse for it. Like, she, they straight up told my daughter that they weren't going to give her her epilepsy medication, which she needs because she's having seizures in her sleep. And they said, well, we're not going to give it to you because she got sick, which is normal for anybody getting on a new medication. It's going to happen. And then they eventually decided to give it to her after a lot of back and forth. And it's just, it's like, I don't, I don't understand why parents want to take situations that they're going through with their child and take it out on, you know, maybe their grandkids or other people. But she just does a lot of back and forth with me and has been, you know, she, I, didn't want to give her any more money to fund whatever the hell she has going on. And I haven't spoken to her in six months because of this. And she swears I need to give her money or my boyfriend needs to give her money. And that's not his responsibility to fund her lifestyle. It's not my responsibility to fund whatever she has going. You know, that's something that she needs to be able to do on her own. And apparently I have to take care of her because I'm the child and I don't believe that's my responsibility when I have other things I have to take care of as well. That's your crazy question. <laughs> um, I don't agree with a lot of shit she do. Um, when it comes down to her personal care for the child and the beliefs that she's trying to put on the child, these un- unfair living conditions that you're putting a child through, like they're going to grow up. Um, and try to, what's the word I'm looking for? They're gonna try, try to somehow figure um, the way they grew up 
is how you're supposed to be when you get older. Yeah. And it's going to fuck them up into a terrible thinking situation. What I found. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I knew you was there. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a product of her parenting. And I'm not going to sit here and say my life was all bad. There are few, and I mean very few, good memories that I have from my childhood. But it's it's the way she went about a lot of things. Like she's a pastor, she's a preacher, and you know she doesn't practice what she preaches. But that's who she is, and she always pushed. Topic is toxic parenting. Oh yeah, topic on the toxic parenting. Um, maybe it's in the title list. <laughs> <laughs> but she um she would take us to church like. Four days a week, and we'd be there sometimes till 11, 12 o'clock at night, and then I have to turn around and go to school in the morning. She would put me around family members I didn't want to be around, you know, like, be like, oh, go give them a hug, and like, force me to go give them a hug. And she would make me do all of her household chores that she had set aside for herself, not for say me. And now she's doing it to my child, and Every time we get in an argument, she says I act so much like my dad when in reality it's like, you fucking raised me. Like, you, <laughs> I'm a product of your raising. She blames me getting pregnant at 17 off my father, you know, and my stepmother. And it's just like, it's just me. I, I was a, I, you know what they say about the preacher's kids, we the worst ones. But I think she needs to realize that the common denominator is her because... My brother doesn't even speak to her or want to be around her. My sister-in-law doesn't want a relationship with her. She don't even want to talk about her. Like, it's one of those, like, my brother's been dealing with this woman for almost 39 years of his life. My sister-in-law's been dealing with her for the last one, not 20. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years of her life. And it's like, she's just... She's such a hindrance. She always wants people to feel sorry for her. And her family buys into it, and I don't. She's mad. She's mad. I don't buy into it. He don't buy into it. You know, my kids beg me to not be with her. You know, that's a problem, because kids should always find some type of comfort in their grandparents, and my kids don't. And that's, that's a shame. You know, I mean, it's every parent... I don't want to say every parent, because not every parent has toxic traits, because my dad and my stepmom definitely don't have toxic traits. You know, they're typical parents. You know, we've grown a great relationship and a great friendship, but that relationship with this person that I call my mother, her name is Linda, by the way. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't, I can't do it. I, I, I can't do it anymore. It, it's gotten to a point where at one point it was starting to take a toll on our relationship and I was having toxic thinking and acting a certain way because of all the stress she put me under and that's not fair to him because it has nothing to do with him. It's everything to do with her and I grew up thinking a lot of things were okay and I kept thinking a lot of those things were okay and it was actually really toxic behavior and I didn't realize a lot of it until he said something to me. And then I started taking heed to what he was saying because for some reason I listen to him, not all the time, but I do listen to him. Sure. <laughs> but I just knowledge. Really? I do. Oh my god. Boys, um, it took him saying something to me 
for me to understand how toxic a lot of my behavior was. And that's only because I thought it was okay. I thought arguing every day was a normal thing. I thought not caring and him having to do everything was okay. And I had to outgrow a lot of that stuff since being with him. And it's been a drastic change in the last six months. But it's been worth it because I refuse to be a toxic parent to my children. I'm not going to force them to do something they don't want to do. If they don't want to be in the school play, they don't have to be. If they don't want to go around a certain family member, they don't have to. If they don't want to give you a hug, they don't have to. They are not obligated to do something they don't want to do. Whereas me, I was forced to do things I didn't ever want to do. Are you going to speak? We just ended abruptly. You know, that's most of the episode, but I will, I'm going to chime in every now and then. Like, I'm not talking about toxic trait. I feel like my mom and dad was probably just not being as affectionate as she should have been while she was on here. I had to, like, my mom would grow up like that. So. Yeah. And I mean, that that's kind of like the situation that I had seen on Facebook. Um, this lady had had a baby and you know her, her baby grew up he's four years old and her dad absolutely loved her four-year-old and later down the line she had another child and that child had some health problems and the grand the her father would not try to bond with the four-year-old or anything and she's like am i being selfish by saying i don't want him around even her boyfriend told her like that's a little selfish don't cut him off just because of this and someone made a very good point on the post they said do you think he's scared to love a grandchild that has a terminal illness and is just going to end up passing away anyways. And she's like, it doesn't matter. He needs to. And I'm like, no, some people are scared to get attached to someone that they know is going to die. You know? And I mean, I don't feel like that's a toxic thing, but it could potentially become toxic. What do you think? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, they have a right to feel their way. And you honestly don't know what people's threshold is if you do lose someone you love like that. So if they know they're complete fucking mess when things like that happen, they're gonna try to uh, prevent uh, themselves from getting put in that space. So yeah, yeah you, you can't you can't force that on someone. Same way parents should force some of the fucked up shit they went through on their kids. Yeah. Like, just because you went through it as a child doesn't mean your kid's gonna go through it. And I'm gonna segue that until, uh, like, this quote I heard earlier today, and you can portray it to, like, toxic parents. Like, like this generation now, like, us, us growing up as, as parents, we're breaking, like, this generational curse of telling, like, little kids, like, every time a little kid says something to you, it's not always disrespectful. It's them opening up to you and having the boundaries they're supposed to have mm-hmm. uh, between the parent and the child. But you know, back then we were told, like, you know, shut up, whatever you say, don't matter. Yeah. And the kids now they're they're um, they're opening up to therapy and everything, and it's becoming the norm. So I feel like that that will uh, create a lot of better relationships between kids and their parents. I mean, I know one thing, and you know this, I. I always tell my kids, if you have something to say, tell me. Like, mommy, I need to talk to you. I don't care what I'm doing, where I'm at, what time of the night it is. Tell me you have something to tell me. I will never tell you 
you know, don't do this or don't, I don't want to hear it right now. Like, for instance, Linda always tells my son, mind you, my son is 10 years old, always tells my son, um, men don't cry. You are the man of the house. You don't cry. Stop crying. Stop being a baby. First of all, that is very, very toxic. And I feel like, especially like in the black and Hispanic community, it's a very, very, very predominant thing because our black men and our Hispanic men grow up being basically being assholes because they have to bottle everything and they were never allowed to show their emotions or say, hey, I feel like this or hey, I feel like that. And I feel like that is just so toxic because at some point they're going to explode and it may not be on that person, but it may be on some unknown person. And that's going to make it harder for them in life. And this is why you have so many cop killings and fights and this and that. And I always tell my son, it is okay to show your emotions. If you want to cry because someone hurts your feelings, boy, cry. If you're mad, be mad. If you're like hurt, be hurt. It's okay. I want him to understand that I'm here to listen to him and understand him and help him through it. That way he doesn't grow up to be this angry person in the future. Because that's how I was. I still struggle with high, with letting my emotions go. And I'm trying to do better at it. You know, you're helping me through it a lot. <laughs> you're helping me through it a lot. But I was always told, I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. I don't want to listen. Excuse me. And all of that. And to be told that, when you're in your formative years, you know, anywhere between 11 and 15, that's a lot. You know, a lot of things happened to me from the age of 7 to 14. And I said something about it. And I got told I was lying. And this became very, very detrimental to me. And I don't think it's fair. Like, if your child has something to say, listen to them. Because 9 times out of 10, they're being honest with you. Like, it's when you tell them you don't want to hear it or shut up or this or that. That's when they start lying to you and being deceitful. And that's not something you want them to grow up and do because that's going to hurt them more than it helps them. I agree with that. So what do you think parents should draw a line nowadays and that fine line between them passing on their beliefs and then their toxic traits. What do you think is the line drawing the sand? Um, this is how I see it. We all want our kids to be raised to be better than us. But we have to understand and look at a lot of things that we went through and what we didn't like about it and just make sure we don't reject that to our kids. Like that's that's that fine line. You don't want to project what you went through to your children. You know, like you, like you stated, you didn't have a lot of affection growing up, but you are a very affectionate person. You know, like you, my, my daughter and my son absolutely love you. And it's because you show them the, the love and the commitment and the joy that they need and are looking for from somebody other than me, you know, they're, they're looking for something like that because we both know they're both their dads are pieces of shit. So all they have 
is you to give him that male figure love outside of my dad, but you know, he lives in Dallas. So there's only so much he can do, but to have you here and you love them and you console them and you, you're, you're, you're patient and you try to direct them when they're wrong. You know, it's like you show all of these things and nobody would ever know that, hey, he didn't get the love and everything that he wanted when he was younger. You know, people are not going to see that. That's like me. I'm a loving, caring, affectionate person. I put everybody before myself and try to do for everybody else before myself. And you wouldn't think I grew up the way I did. You know, like everyone says you're a product of your surroundings. You're really not. It is your choice to grow the fuck up. And just like they say, oh, I didn't have the same opportunities as you. This is how I see it. Everybody has the same opportunities in life. It's how you choose your opportunity. Like, you could grow up in, in fucking, you know, Acres Homes, Fifth Ward, Third Ward, all of this. You could stay in that environment for the rest of your life after you graduate and still do the same dumb shit you were doing in high school. Or you can get out and put yourself in put yourself in an area to get an opportunity to succeed. You know, everybody has those options. Everybody has those decisions. But a lot of people listen to their parents. You can't leave us. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, for fucking what? Why can't I? Oh, because I need to stay home and take care of you? No. I need to live my life and do what I have to do. That way, when it comes down to me really having to take care of you because you're really sick or something, I'm going to be able to do that with no issues. And a lot of parents don't realize that. They Like, my mom, for instance, always, she hates when I move out because then they don't get the extra money. They don't get the extra help. They don't have anyone to help cook, clean, do this, do that. I'm 28 years old. Like, what do, what do I look like being in a relationship with you? Like, yeah, I still live with my mom. I can't come out because my mom's going to lock the gate. Or I can't come out because my mom's going to do this. That's not fair to me. That's like keeping me captive. That's having, that's having some type of sense of control over my life. And I can't live like that. Like, I would have still been stuck doing everything and anything she wanted. You know, and it's like I had to break free of that in order to get the different opportunities that I have gotten since I left her house and continue to flourish and thrive. And hell, if I, honestly, if I still would have lived there, I probably would have never met you because... They like to lock the gate at 11 o'clock and then get pissed off at me when I have to come home from work at 3 o'clock in the morning and they got to get up and open the gate. Like, there were plenty of times I slept in my car. There were plenty of times whatever money I made that night, I would have to get a hotel, staying with friends. Before I moved into my own apartment, it was a struggle. And she doesn't realize how much of an impact she had on my life in a negative way. Nothing about it was really positive. Yeah, the trips to Disney and... All that extra shit, woo-woo. But where was your heart at? You know, I don't think she was cut out to it. But again, she wasn't given love and affection when she was younger. So she projected that those issues on me. And I am breaking that generational curse by not projecting that to my daughter. Because it's not fair. They, they, children don't ask to be here. You know, and... So wasn't. Now we got to pay bills. Let's get up. Bruh, I told my dad I didn't ask to be here and he needs to pay my bills. And he told me I, he didn't ask for me to be here either. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. 
Lakita, you got anything you want to add? I mean, like, we know you in here, boo. We know it. We know it. I know you're, you're a whole mom out here, too, so. You definitely want to hear from the parents. You know, the parents out there, like, what do, you, what do y'all think? Like, how do y'all feel about breaking the generational curses of being toxic to your children? Like, what is something you would do with your children? Because, I mean, you, you show my kids a lot, but it's different when it's your own child, you know? And I would, I would also say, you know, speaking on that, a lot of times, uh, I'm going to tell you who the hell that is in a second, because I know exactly who that is. Oh, God. Um, I'm scared. No, I'm not, not, not bad, but I, I spoke about him before to you. Uh, parents not, like, that older generation parents, as stubborn as they are, passing on all those traits, they never own up to it to their children. Like, hey, uh, like even when their kids are grown, like, okay, back then, maybe I should have um, handled this a certain way, but I was only doing that because that's how I was uh, brought up. They don't sit down and explain that shit, that shit to their kids. So so their kids can have a better understanding of who they are as, like, as a person because a lot of times, Kids don't look at their parents as people. So, like, regular, like, this is a regular person also who went through shit. Like, I'm going through shit now that I'm growing up. Mm-hmm. You're looking at, like, these are my parents. are supposed to have this shit together mm-hmm. before I got in this world. And it's, it's never going to be that simple. Never. Because everybody, everybody's going to make mistakes. And nine times out of ten, kids look up to their parents like superheroes or they're perfect or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, Parents be having rough ass fucking times too, so. I mean, they, the, the things that kids don't see behind the scenes, you know, like with us, they don't see what struggles we may go through, how tired, <laughs> how tired. I mean, well, Bella see, Bella and Etienne have seen how tired you are, but they don't see it how I see it, you know. I see it as damn, I understand you. And then here are the kids on the weekends, like, and you're just like, please go the fuck back to sleep. <laughs> but we somehow get up and we manage to try to do something with them, have fun, play, do whatever. And, you know, that's one thing I never got spoke about me. I realized I was worthy of being spoken. Okay, so who is this? I'll tell y'all. I'm going to tell y'all when we're done with the podcast, that's going to be uh, heard by everybody. You change your other name, first of all. African herbs and I was like, hey, we man. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, me growing up, and I'm pretty sure you as well. They always like you. You would get spanked by your parent, and they're like, "I do this because I love you." Okay, but what the hell did you hit me for? What did you spank me for? Like, what did I get in trouble for? Because it, it just be random shit, and we don't even know. And I grew up like that, like me. I don't spank my children. I really try to refrain from it because they really are genuinely good kids. I usually just try to talk to them and tell them, hey, look, this is what you did wrong. This is how we're going to fix it. Because spanking don't phase my children. They are my children. They, it does not phase them. Like, my son will get in trouble. I've taken away all his electronics. I've busted his ass. I've done everything. He is a no-limit soldier. He don't give a fuck. Bella, on the other hand, she is terrified to get in trouble. She is absolutely terrified to get in trouble. So she tries to avoid everything she can. To get in trouble. Go from spanking the world. Hmm? Don't spank the world. 
Now, I, tell you, I, I, I don't know what to do about that little boy. Okay, that's for you coming because he he ten years old and I'm sitting here like, boy, <laughs> you know they say that second child don't give a fuck. That's him. He tests my inner gangster all the time. My daughter, she acts just like me. It is what it is. But I always try to make sure that they understand why they're gonna get spanked, why they're in trouble, and then I talk, I talk to, I tell them before, and then after, I give them a minute to sit down. Be like, here, chill out, stop crying, let's talk. Do not do this again. This is, I already told you once. This is why it happened. I'm gonna reiterate to you why I got after. Me, on the other hand, I had chicken boxes thrown at me. I had shoes thrown at me. I've had belt buckles in my leg. I've had everything. Well, I can't really speak on the situation at hand because I can't relate from a mother-daughter perspective because I haven't went through the situation. On the other note, I do commend her for getting out. It it was tough. It was tough to get out of that situation. Um, I almost ended up going back to because it fucks because sometimes it fucks with kids. Yeah. It does. I, it, it, it took a lot for me to get out of that situation. Um, when I first met him, I went out of town, came back, and the ceiling had collapsed in my apartment because the neighbors fucking flooded the apartments. Jesus Christ, I don't know how they did it. But, um, you know, a, a, he told me to come stay with him. And then as I was here, I started opening up more and more and more to him about things. And I was like, you know, am I grateful that he invited me in and all of that? Yes, I'm very, very grateful. Because if I would have went back to my mom's house, good God, guys, honestly, I wouldn't be in jail or I would be dead because I cannot heal with her. She was not good for my mental health. You know, at one point, she is so toxic. I remember um, we had went to his sister's house and my daughter had videoed me. I was like, oh, you want to tell JB hi? Mind you, she had already met him at this point. And my mom was just talking shit about him in the background, hadn't even met him. I ain't got no kids. So I don't know how much weight my words have. But I've always felt like I would subscribe to the idea that I would prioritize absolute communication. Or Remember the crazy range of emotions I would go through behind getting my ass whipped? Yeah. Like, we, pa parents don't understand how detrimental, you know, discipline is to a child. Um, it, it can make or break a child. It could sit here and scar them for the rest of their lives. Or they could just be like my son and don't give a fuck. There's really no in between with that. And me, it definitely scarred me to where I thought, I, I eventually thought hitting was okay. Like, oh, you hit me because you love me. And that put me in very toxic relationships and toxic marriage to where I, I was being abused in that. And I thought that that was okay. And once I got out of it, I realized it wasn't okay. And I'm very, very thankful for him because, you know, he, he tries to listen to me. I'm hard-headed, I'm stubborn, I talk back, I definitely don't listen to most of the time, but he's trying to show me something different. He's trying to show me that outside, you know, what, what, what am I trying to say? He's trying to show me different than the toxic ways I did. 
now with spanking and getting your ass whooped for two different things. Look, look. Spankers are going to white people with y'all hand. Black people get whooped with belts and suspension cords, house shoes, um, with dish rags. Don't forget the switches. Don't forget the switches. The switches. Man, if you chose the ones that sting, shit. Bruh. <laughs> Choose the wrong one. Okay, hold on. So we're going to wrap up this part of the podcast, and we're going to uh, link in with another part to this just so we can continue this conversation, guys. All right, we're going to jump right back into the conversation at hand, which was toxic parenting. Is Charger? My phone? Oh, <laughs> um, no, you're saying something. Oh my god, what is he doing? Girl, continue with the conversation. Uh, you were talking! Oh, what? Yes, you were! You stop this. Oh. I remove any negative and not caring if it's family or supposed to be, or supposed to be friends. Yep. Bye. Yep, we, we, we've talked about that. Um. You know, there, there are a lot of people that just don't deserve to be in your life. It's okay to cut family off. Like, it's okay to cut friends off. It's okay to get rid of toxic people. There is nothing wrong with that. You have to do it. And you have to take care of your mental health. You know, if someone is that toxic to you, let them go. <laughs> with no regrets. Normalize cutting people off. Yeah. an explanation because not everybody needs to have an explanation of why you don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. Or if you want to make it a short one, I'm like, look, you're not good for me as a friend. You're not the type of friend that I need in my life, so I'm going to, you know, go my separate way. And they, they have to respect that. Yeah, and I think I think the point that I realized that um, Linda was very toxic to me was I had took a week sabbatical, and this was just before I met you, and I've told you this. I took a week sabbatical. I took my kids to school, knew that they were going to be okay for the week, hopped on a flight, and jet set it to another fucking state. Took a week away from everybody, didn't really answer my phone, didn't really do anything. I barely responded to people. And... She got mad because I didn't tell her. First of all, I'm a grown-ass woman. I ain't got to tell you shit. That's number one. Number two, I told her I needed a mental health reset. I needed to get rid of, get away from all the death and everything that was surrounding my family due to COVID. I had to get away from a lot of things. It was like 76 people in a year. That was a lot on me. So I took a sabbatical earlier this year, like in March. And when I told her that, she said that my mental health was not important that my kids were important my response to that was so me being suicidal and threatening to kill myself is not important like i think me taking time to help my mental health and stay alive for my children is more important right now and she told me she did not care and she did not want to hear it and that i was weak and at that point is when i lost respect for her and yet I still tried to give her another chance. She's 
she just has not changed. And I think that that's trash that she doesn't think that my mental health was important. Fuck her. <laughs> I'll tell y'all, he really don't like her. He really does not like her. But, yeah, my mental health was really, really fucked off. And she didn't care. And, of course, she called my dad. Like, my dad was going to do anything. So I told all this to my dad. I told him how I was feeling. I told him everything. And he said, go get yourself together for your children. Your children need you here. Go get yourself together. And she did not like that. She did not like that my dad sided with me. It is what it is, my boy. Now I'm happier, healthier, working, still working through some issues, but I'm better than what I was back in March. And I can say that because now I can actually enjoy my time around my children and I can be a happier person once I realized I had to let her go. Once that played into effect, that was it. I've been good since. She still talks shit about me. She talks shit about me to the people that she's she's at. As long as you know you tried, it's nothing you can you can really do no matter what. If it hurts deep down inside, you will get through it, yeah? She work with it. Huh? Yeah, I'm half sleep, son. What's I got to do to be sleepy? I mean, she's sleeping worse better. Oh, my God. But, um, what was I saying? <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've come to that conclusion. But, um. Oh, my God. Yeah, he really don't like her. Okay. He really don't like her. He didn't like her from the day that she was talking shit about him and hadn't even met him. Facts. Are you saying what we as a race not taking mental health seriously? Which we, we, we're starting to. Like, I think it's something that should have been looked into even as early as five years ago. It probably been a hell of a lot different, but it's like that that's like a trigger right nowadays. You hear mental health. You know something's going on like in 2021. Like think about it in 2016, so I said mental health, just look at him like, you crazy or something? Like you need a therapist, like you would joke about it and be dismissive about that. But nowadays it's a lot more shit. Even jobs are uh, understanding that a lot more, which normally they didn't uh, do this shit at all. But again, that brings me back to my point where black men in this world have this stigma where Y'all can't be weak. Y'all can't show emotion. Y'all can't do shit. Y'all have to get up, take care of the house, suppress your feelings, because that's how y'all were raised. And it took us and our generation to be like, hold the fuck up. This ain't working. You know, because it's stressful out here. Inflation is a bitch and it's taking a toll because all the prices with everything are going up. Our pay is not going up. So that's creating a lot of stress because it's like, well, what if I can't provide? And then, you know, that just brings so many other questions. Under that one question, you have at least 7,000 subcategories under it. You know, and it makes it hard for anyone to function that way. Like, if you're making what I make an hour, there's no way in hell I could survive in this world with my kids with what I make. Unless I am living in a $200 a month apartment. 
I can make it all day or I have every single part of government assistance that there is to help me make it. And there's nothing wrong with being on government assistance either. I commend everybody that's out here really trying hard to make it. But if you don't start at square one and learn that you can change your outcome, your situation, your living, your day to day, just by letting go of toxic people and checking your mental health, like once you realize that everything should flow perfectly fine. And a lot of people, you know, like for instance, my brother, he had did a podcast and, you know, that, that was the whole mental health thing had come up and he was talking about, of course, our mother and how toxic that environment was and just how toxic she is. And I agree with every single point that he said, but something that he said had clicked in my brain to where I actually reached out to him. I haven't talked to him in a few years. And he said... It wasn't until I snapped on my wife for wetting me with a water hose while I'm playing with my son that I realized I needed help. Because he was borrowing down everything that he had seen on deployment because he was in the military, back to every childhood traumas. They all just manifested at that one moment. And he said, I need to talk to somebody. I need to go see a therapist. And this is a grown-ass man and a black male at that and he realized he needed help and it takes a lot especially for men it takes a lot for men to realize that they need help women we suppress it we suppress it with alcohol and at some point something clicks in our brain where we're like okay this isn't healthy this is not good me i knew i needed to talk to a counselor when i was fucking seven years old and situations happened and at that point, I knew it, but nobody listened to me. So I grew up harboring a lot to the point where I eventually got help. It kind of helped, but it didn't. And then as I'm going through all my emotions now, I'm just like, why didn't someone try and help me years ago when I said I needed it? Instead, I got shut down and told to shut up and got told I was crazy and that I didn't need it. I did not need medication. I needed to pray. Prayer? does not solve everything. And I need people to understand this. Am I a religious person? Yes. Do I go to church? Yes. Do I go every Sunday? No. Do I listen to it while I'm at work on Facebook? Yes. But that's not going to solve everything. Sometimes there is a medical need to get better. You can't pray it away. You know, just like people try to pray the gay out of people. You cannot pray the, who, who someone loves out. You cannot do that. That's very, very toxic. You know, they, they, it all comes back to being toxic. You know, my mom met one of my friends who was gay. And she said, I'm going to pray the gay out of him. That man is so flamboyantly gay still to this day. You cannot do that to people. You cannot change who they are. They have to be willing to do it themselves. And if they're not willing to do it themselves, then hey, let them be. Except for me. You saw better in me. I'm Guys, y'all, y'all can have him. He didn't demand it, but he did tell me what I needed to do in order for us to continue to be in a relationship. Demanded it. 